Welcome to HB RV Lifestyle, the podcast. I am the host, the Honey Badger, here to give it to you straight and transparent about the RV business, as well as other things. Today's episode is going to be very important for those buying an RV either in 2024 or in 2025. And the reason why I'm going even further out, almost two years out, because we're still in January of 2024, is because financing and paying cash seems to be a common thread in all the Reddit discussions that I read, all the Facebook group questions. There's a lot of questions that are being answered by emotion or by tradition. So what I'm going to give you is give you my two cents about it. And I'm going to give you my two cents not only from the dealership perspective, but from a financial perspective as well. And I'm talking about a financial perspective that deals with handling cash properly. It's something we are not taught. My grandfather was not taught that. My father was not taught that. What we are taught in life is very different from what reality should be, okay? Here's part of the example. All money, including gold, silver, Bitcoin, it's all made up, okay? It's made up and whoever has the most of it or has a lot of it generally is considered rich. But if you look at the richest, most most powerful people in the world, they don't have a lot of cash. They have a lot of assets. They finance probably 75 to 80% of their assets. So the richest 1% of the country, the richest 1% of the world, isn't rich in cash. They're rich in assets. So what we have been taught our whole lives that saving money and spending money in cash and not being in debt is the way to go. But in all reality, we should be using our cash to leverage what we want in assets in life. Okay, so I'm going to use a car, an RV, and a boat. All combination of all three are going to be about this, okay? So think about this in this respect. Your car depreciates every two weeks, okay? Now, is there something wrong with buying an old car in cash? No. Older cars, things you have no ability to finance, meaning... Let's say you decide, you know what, I want a 1988 Ford Ranger. We're in 2024. You can't finance a 1988 Ford Ranger. So you'd have to pay cash for it. You want to restore a 1967 Shelby Mustang GT500. You can't finance that. You have to pay cash for the car. But the parts to fix the vehicle, you can take a debt out on. 
Now, I don't recommend that because that's credit card debt. Credit card debt usually kind of starts getting you in trouble if you don't pay it off every couple months, you know, every couple months. I use credit card, and just a side note, I use credit card debt to leverage my money and make it expand further out. I pay off my credit cards every 45 to 60 days, depending on what's going on. It's to keep cash flow going. So credit card usage is different than taking out debt on depreciating assets. But if you let, 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 let me give you the best example. So most people that have a lot of money don't own their daily driving car. They lease it. Or they take a loan out on it. Why? Because basically every time you pay cash for a vehicle of any kind, it can be a travel trailer, it can be a boat, it can be a car, you're throwing your cash into a fire and then pouring gasoline on top of it and nuking your cash, nuking all of your assets, nuking all of your leverage. Now, what I'm saying is don't take out debt because you can. You can. The best example I gave in my last episode, if you have $50,000 to spend on a used fifth wheel, as an example, whether you're buying it from a private party buy, a seller, like you're going to go out to somebody's house and buy it, or you're going to buy it from a dealership, instead of taking all $50,000 and writing a check, Put half of that down or 20% down, whatever is feels comfortable, and take the debt out for as long of a term as possible so the bank has all the risk. I always say it's better to use other people's money. Now you notice I haven't come up with, well, you know, you're going to lose negotiating power. Yes, that is a part of it, and we'll get to that later on in the episode. But when it comes to paying cash for any any vehicle associated with the DMV, you are pretty much lighting your cash on fire. Because you don't know what the market is going to bring. Okay? So this is what I try to tell folks a lot of times, okay? When you put, let's say your, your, your goal is a quarter million dollar diesel pusher. When people buy quarter million dollar RVs, they finance them most of the time, but they also have the cash assets to buy it in cash if they want. Why do people buy, take out loans at 8 9 and 10% on an RV? Why are they taking loans out at 6, 7, and 8% on cars? Because it's using someone else's money, not their own. Think about that. That means your money you can use to finance other assets that are going to help you build an income. So I did a great video on this. I think it was a great video. I'm actually going to update it this year at some point because obviously I've got better microphones and I got better editing software and everything else.
but I did a great video breaking down how you can have a support system and retire with by not paying cash on vehicles or houses. Okay, assets that are positive assets like stocks, real estate, bring you income. If you get take out, a, if you buy a bunch of stock in a company, a, a good company, it's not going to go up in flames. Okay, I'm not talking about high risk stuff. I'm talking about blue chip stocks that pay you a dividend every quarter. Or you buy real estate. Or you buy into a real estate fund that pays you a dividend every single quarter. That's an income. When you let money sit in the bank or you pay cash for everything, you no longer have the ability to use that money to create an income. Especially, folks, I want you to hear me out on this. Especially when healthcare is so expensive. Especially when, when a lot of us, when we retire, go on to a fixed income from our retirement. It is hard to enjoy the RV lifestyle when you feel like you don't have enough money coming in. It's hard to picture yourself following a dream at 75 years old of visiting national parks all across the United States or <clears throat> maybe... You want to visit every beach campground, every single national monument. If you're in Canada, maybe there's things you've always wanted to see and at 75 years old you finally have retired and you're looking at your bank account going, okay, I saved 200 grand to do this. $200,000 does not last you 10 years. Arving. If you pay cash for your RV. Now, if you finance an RV, let's say you found something for 75 grand that works for you, and you take 30, put a down payment where your pay where your payment isn't going to destroy your budget, and now you got all that money socked away. If you just write a check for all 75, now you're down to 125. And I, I, I know you guys don't want to hear this, but a $300 a month payment isn't going to make or break your ability to follow your dream. If you have the cash sitting in the bank rather than lighting it on fire. Okay. We are given bad information ever since we were kids. It's been something that has kept most, not everybody, but most people broke, poor, or in the middle class. Our middle class is shrinking all across the world because of conversations of old school thought processes. Okay, 
there were people in the 1970s that figured out how to leverage their cash and debt to create income. My grandfather did it. And that's back when interest rates were close to 19 and 22% for mortgages and up to 24 to 24.5% on car loans. Yes, obviously, the, the prices of stuff was a lot lower, but our income was a lot lower too. So think about that for just one second. People were taking debt out and creating empires or like my grandfather didn't create an empire but he created an income watch this my grandfather created an income by leveraging his cash into IBM into treasury bonds into real estate real estate funds everything he bought he bought on debt everything cars his four RVs in his life, his one boat, his three trucks. He paid cash for one thing and one thing only. And that was his last Mercedes Benz. And the only reason why he paid cash was because if he didn't pay cash, his tax guy told him that he pretty much can give it to the government. Now, I don't know how that worked. I, I'm not a tax guy. That's why I depend more educated people to deal with taxes. But just imagine my grandfather died at the age of 90 and was retired since he was 62 years old. And all Social Security was to him, watch this, Social Security to him was casino money or traveling money in his motorhome. My grandfather told me about 10 years ago, him and I had a great conversation. He said, you know what? I did it way different than most. Half of the money he was receiving from all of his investments was tax-free. They couldn't touch it. My grandfather built a $15,000 a month net income from never paying cash for depreciating assets. He took debt out every single time. And the man literally walked around and did it wherever the fuck he wanted. Didn't give a shit about anything or anyone. Didn't care who the President of the United States was. Didn't care who controlled Congress. Didn't care... Didn't, when you get to that level, you don't care. Because it does... He, he said it to me perfectly. Government does not control my income. If I work and put my money, my cash into things that are going to bring me an income. He says, you start with something that makes you $20 a month. And then you work your way into something that pays you $1,000 a month. 
And then he says, if you can do that, and he said he started at age of 35 because he didn't know when he was younger. He started at age 35. He decided to do something different because every single family member of his paid cash for absolutely everything and ended up broke and laying around hoping that somebody could take care of them because they were always out of money. My grandfather was never out of money because he was smart where he put his money. And the smartest thing you can do is not pay cash for any type of vehicle. Truck, boat, RV, even if you have the cash. Put the cash into something that's going to supplement and give you an income. My grandfather would get from San Diego Electric, which is now Semper Energy, a quarterly check of $32,000 every three months was deposited into his bank account tax-free. He built it up over 27 years. The man never, ever in his life ever begged, borrowed, or needed money. Why? Because he didn't go with tradition. Now, was he super rich where he had a hundred million dollars or a couple billion like some of these guys? No. But imagine if all of us, imagine if every American got away from the bullshit of if you can't afford it, then you shouldn't take you shouldn't buy it. If you can't write a check. You can't buy it. Okay. Let's say that you stick with that, but you're smarter and say, okay, I can write a check for it, but you know what? I can take, out of 50 grand, I can take $40,000 invested into Tesla. And I'm going to get $800 every single quarter for just my money sitting there. That's just an example, guys. I'm going to get a $3,200 check every single month, every single year, for putting $40,000 into Elon Musk's uh, company. Or, I got quarter million dollars, and I'm going to buy myself a diesel pusher. But wait, I'm going to take 200 grand of it and I'm going to invest it into a Grant Cardone real estate fund that's going to give me $15,000 a year in fresh income. Think about that. Just take a moment to think about it. Now, I'm going to tell you, 15% of you are going to beat me up in the comments section. Tell me I'm just a young punk that don't know shit about nothing. And I understand that concept. And I understand where you're coming from. Because that's the way I thought. And at 40 years old, I've got nothing to show for my life financially. Because I was taught only pay for stuff in cash. Don't pay interest. Interest is evil. Now, for some of us, interest is against religion. 
And sorry, that's my furnace going off right now in the travel trailer. So there's understandable things, but just realize that there's way to leverage all of your assets. And taking loans and using other people's money and using other corporations' money and using bank money is the way you establish not only credit history, but hopefully you end up making some kind of investment into positive cash flow, positive income flow, rather than lighting all your damn money on fire in a car or a boat or an RV. People who have an income don't care where interest rates are. They negotiate the interest rate. They try to make sure they're getting the lowest rate possible. They do their homework on what the lowest possible interest rates are in terms. Don't get me wrong. I've had a guy take a 20-year term with me. He's at 8.5%. His bank offered him 8.5% over 10 years. He said, you know what? I'm going to take your 85 at 20 years because at 20 years, I'm not going to live that long. Guy owns over 50 rental properties. Has $1.8 million in cash sitting in a bank account. And he financed a $40,000 trailer and didn't even blink. Didn't even blink. I go, how long do you carry the loan? I don't know. My tax guy will tell me. My accountant will tell me. And I go, well, don't accountants tell you to pay cash? He said, stupid accountants tell you to pay cash. Moron accountants tell you to pay cash. He goes, accountants that know how to build and help you build an income and build a net worth, they tell you take loans. Because they know how, how the tax breaks work. They know how to leverage tax write-offs. They know how to leverage things where if you take a loan out on, a, like, for example, I've got a tax guy that every car I finance, every vehicle I finance, he then takes it and leases it from my name into the corporation's name. Then I get a nice tax write-off some way. Not once has my tax guy or my accountant ever told me, go pay cash for stuff. Best example of this whole thing, guys. And I know I keep repeating myself, but best thing best thing to kind of go over with this is, look. So my Hyundai Santa Fe that I drive, okay, I lease it back to the corporation. When I asked my accountant, because at the time I had the 25000 cash to buy it, I go, hey, I'm going to go walk into the dealership and I'm going to go pay cash for this thing. Uh, how do I write it off? And my tax guy goes, you're an idiot if you if you do that. I'm like, why? He said, I just don't want the payment. And he goes, who cares? You're going to lease it out to the company for your payment. And we're going to write it off on your taxes. If you pay cash, I got no shot at doing that. I have, I, It's a gray area already. Now, on top of that, it's going to start going into, hmm, red flag. Take your twenty-five grand, go put it into an account where you're actually going to make 4 or 5% return on it. So I did. Now I've got an extra $316 a month that comes into my bank account 
every single month off a $25,000 investment. I think last month it was $330. And my $25,000 investment is now worth $25,111 as of today. Last month it was $24,961. So it fluctuates there, but I'm never going to tap into it. I never need the money because I just keep being smarter and smarter with how I use debt. Credit card debt's the hardest because credit card debt can get you into trouble because you don't, if you don't have the discipline to understand how credit card debt does help you, you can get yourself into deep shit real quick. And I've been there. I've been at a point in my life where I had almost $85,000 of credit card debt and you feel like you're drowning in it. And I love hearing people, well, I just don't want to be in debt. Okay, I understand that. We're in debt anyway. If you actually think all the money in your hand, every coin, every dollar, every penny, every Deutschmark, every franc, every yang, every yang, every Russian ruple, every South American peso, every Mexican peso, every Canadian dollar, it's all fake money. It's paper printed with a bunch of pictures, serial numbers, and different little things just so that way we don't kill each other for something to eat. Titles to things are just ways for us to stay civilized about property and assets we own. If we didn't have all these little structures in, in our societies, we would just be a bunch of cavemen running around trying to kill each other so that we could have food for our families. But within that structure, we have the ability to live very comfortably. We, not everybody wants to be rich, guys. I know nobody wants to hear that, but it's a nice dream, but not everybody wants to be rich. Not everybody wants to be famous. At one point, we sit and think, wow, it'd be really cool if we were doing that, but then when we go back and we live our lives, you go, yeah, we don't want rich people problems. We don't want famous people problems, especially when you see people like Britney Spears shaving their head. You start seeing, uh, hearing guys like Mr. Beast, who's really famous, start talking about that. He had to move out of his original home and into a gated community because security reasons, because people were showing up to his house. You know, how would you like, you can't go outside without a bodyguard. You can't go send your kids to school without wondering whether somebody's going to kidnap them because of money. Rich people problems are not fun. I wouldn't want rich people problems. That's why I, if I ever do have a lot of money, I ain't going to show it off. If I ever get to the point where this podcast or the YouTube channel grow, I'm going to be in flip-flops, a t-shirt, and board shorts. Nobody's ever going to know. I may buy one supercar in my entire life, park it in a garage, and never drive it, and let nobody know. <laughs> Nobody's going to know. I'll, I'll have a cloth interior Hyundai Santa Fe for the rest of my life. I might upgrade it. I might get a little more updated technology in it and buy something a little newer down the road or lease something a little bit newer down the road. But fuck that shit. I ain't showing off my money if I ever get rich. I don't know if I ever will. You never know. The harder you work, maybe the luckier you get. That's how I look at things. 
That came from my buddy Tent Trailer Mike. He's the one that keeps telling me that all the time. Okay? So, these are the things, like, I try to explain to folks. And I get slapped down for it because everybody assumes that... Everybody looks at money in a traditional sense rather than looking at it as a tool. I look as money as a tool. And you should too. So that's it for tonight. We'll see you next time.